This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and we're checking in again on the state's Enough is Enough initiative, a 2015 law designed to address sexual violence at New York's higher education institutions and is the subject of a new report identifying ways to better realize the goals of the state law. To talk about the current landscape and potential improvements to the sexual violence protections at the state's colleges and universities, we're joined by Emily Miles, Executive Director of the New York City Alliance Against Sexual Assault. Welcome back to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. So as a reminder, can you explain what changes took place as a result of the so-called Enough is Enough law taking effect uh, statewide back in 2016? So Enough is Enough was, at the time, a model policy passed in New York State that aimed to prevent and respond to campus violence on higher education campuses across New York State. So, you know, these are forms of campus violence that include sexual violence, but also domestic violence, dating relationship violence, and stalking. And as a part of that piece of legislation, certain trainings were required for students. So for incoming first-year students, transfer students, graduate students, students at, and student athletes, training around violence prevention and bystander intervention were actually required as part of their entry into the school system. But what that legislation also did was to fund 53 rape crisis programs across the state to partner with their local colleges and universities in order to provide expertise to those institutions, but also support to the students in case there was a need, not only for that training I just mentioned, but also access to mental health services, counseling, advocacy, and support for those students as they're trying to navigate the very complex landscape of how we address violence on campuses. So in 2017, the State Office of Campus Safety found that about 40% of the colleges and universities in New York that are covered by this law were complying with all the mandates of the Enough is Enough law. Fast forward to 2023, do we have a sense of how many higher education institutions are up to date with the Enough is Enough mandates? So unfortunately, we do not have updated data since that 2017 report. And again, that report found that only 95 of the 244 colleges and universities in New York were compliant and up to date with EIE mandates. So since then, though, there has been a global pandemic, which has caused a massive strain on campus safety in general, but also to survivors and victims of sexual violence specifically. We have seen increased rates, actually, of violence, sexual violence especially, uh, on campuses across the country. And we've seen different types of violence evolve as a result of the pandemic. So like Cyber violence, for example, cyber stalking um, has increased dramatically in that period of time. And so this has placed an increased strain on an already limited ecosystem to address these types of violence across the state. And so what we really need right now, in addition to you know additional funding and supports, is we need a new data source to really get us up to date on where are colleges and universities now in New York State? And the truth is very few people can really tell you that. What I can tell you is that at last count, over 60 institutions um, in New York were not affiliated with an official EIE program. So we're not affiliated with a rape crisis program. And that accounts for over 92,000 students who don't have access to these services. 
Well, in terms of assessing the, the landscape and figuring out where all of these programs are, is that something that is the responsibility of the state and maybe the governor's office more specifically, or can nonprofits or uh, associations or other groups fill that void? There are informal ways that we can collect this data, but the truth is, is that when you're talking about local advocacy groups, rape crisis centers, even organizations like the Alliance, which has a little bit more bandwidth to do this kind of work, we just don't have access to the type of data that's necessary in order to really understand fully the levels of compliance that are out there. So this is something we would absolutely looking be looking to the governor's office to, to do as part of hopefully a more full package of how we can update the Enough is Enough legislation and funding. Well, in light of the gap or lack of full information that's out there, what do we know about utilization of resources that are on campuses in those situations where the full gamut of resources are available, like coordinated community response teams? Does it seem like the students and whoever else might access them are utilizing them? Yeah, it's a great question. So there is this model called a Campus Coordinated Response Team or a CCRT. These are groups of campus stakeholders who come together with a goal to break down the silos between their work in order to address the specific needs on that campus. So, for example, you would include participants like students, campus administration, law enforcement, the local health center, local rape crisis programs. These are stakeholders that each have a specific vantage point into the larger issue. But in order for us to actually make change on campuses, they all need to be working together. They all need to coordinate. And so this is a best practice model where we see campuses are really moving the needle. They have this type of model in place and they are coordinating across. Unfortunately, though, we know that um, since the pandemic, there has been a reported statewide decrease in the use of CCRTs as compared to previous years. And moreover, even before COVID-19, campuses being able to sustain a CCRT and establishing partnerships um, between themselves and these EIE programs was a challenge already. And so what we're seeing is diminishing resources on campuses, and as a result, a lack of investment in the types of programs that we know actually are effective at reducing violence on campuses. Well, I've got more questions for you, but first let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. Uh, You're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the implementation of the 2015 Enough is Enough law on New York's colleges and universities. And our guest is Emily Miles, Executive Director of the New York City Alliance Against Sexual Assault. And since this initial law was past here in Albany, uh, I have to imagine that there are more students who are openly living on campuses uh, as transgender uh, uh, young people. And I-, I wonder whether that, as well as just other evolving attitudes about sex and gender identity, are reflected, you think, in the enough is enough policy that we have now, or whether it needs to be updated, for example, to address the potential for sexual violence that might be perpetrated against transgender students. 
frequently when we think about a traditional college student, we think of an able-bodied, childless, young person, age you know, 18 to 22. But unfortunately, this kind of all too common perception tends to marginalize other students from demographics that are actually most impacted by sexual violence. And so when we look, in just in New York City, for example, at many of the campuses that we work on, we see students from low-income communities, from communities of color, from immigrant communities, representing the LGBTQIA plus community. And upstate, you see other populations. You see students who are from, um, you know, who identify as a Native American or indigenous. And so these populations might not fit into a more traditional model of outreach or even into some of the more traditional evidence-based programs that are currently being used in many campuses. And in order for these campuses to ensure that you are being inclusive of all of these identities, there needs to be specific training, not just for the you know students, but also for campus administration and faculty about how to better engage with students who might not fit kind of that traditional college student kind of vision. And unfortunately, those materials, the creation of those materials, the training in um, those types of best practices efforts, that, take, that requires money, it requires funding, it requires resources, even just the translation of materials materials is a really heavy financial burden for a lot of these EIE programs. And as a result, too often it gets left behind and and we don't have these culturally responsive, linguistically appropriate materials available to the students who really most need them. You mentioned money. What, if anything, could be done in terms of uh, expanded capacity or uh, updates to existing programs that can't be done right now based on the uh, amount of funding for uh, the Enough is Enough initiative, which I believe has been flat since uh, it was originally launched? The EIE program has been flat funded at $4.5 million since its inception, so since it was first put into place. And now that we're looking at it, you know, many years later, that initial investment honestly wasn't enough even then to meet the true promise of this program. But now, you know, eight years later, we're really at a deficit. And so we are asking to increase the annual investment in the Enough is Enough program up to $9.6 million. So that would be about an additional $5 million investment from the state in this work. Um, And what that would do is really stabilize the current system because this program program is so underfunded. These 53 EIE programs are really doing heroes work with very few resources. Most of these programs don't even have one full-time staff member that are working across multiple, multiple campuses. And so again, we're talking about a program that mandates training for all you know, freshman students, transfer students, student athletes. And that training is frequently provided by these EIE programs, these programs that frequently have someone on staff 50% of the time, 20% of the time in order to do this work. And so it's just not sustainable. And again, I should have said this at the top, 
this EIA program is a strong program. Like other states look to New York State as a leader in this work. We just haven't been able to really fulfill the promise of it. And by this increased funding that would stabilize these programs, allow for increased hiring for enough is enough coordinators to do these trainings, to support students, to guide colleges and universities as they are strengthening this work, would stabilize that program. But it would also then provide the funding necessary to create those culturally responsive and linguistically appropriate materials and the trainings that are really necessary. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Emily Miles. She is the executive director of the New York City Alliance Against Sexual Assault. Emily, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.